0: Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World.
1: Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the Ultimate Movie Bucket List.
0: A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip.
1: Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other.
0: The power of Christ compels you.
1: Oh, that's okay. a stretch. <laughs>
0: that's a bit got... of a stretch?
1: That's a bit of a stretch.
0: Okay, my original plan... I was... had
1: to think about it.
0: <laughs> my original plan was to get a Ruffle Chip and to get some Skittles and to drink a Coke Zero because that's more on brand for me than root beer. Fair. But then I was like, that's only for your entertainment. I don't know if our viewers will really... No,
1: I don't think yeah. so. I think <laughs> the viewers are going to be like, wait, w- what did you watch?
0: I was going to eat it. <laughs> And you would hear that crunch.
1: Our viewers, our listeners.
0: Our, yeah. Most, our, whoever you are.
1: Whoever you are, wherever you are. But yeah, we're going to have to explain why you picked that as your opening.
0: The power of Christ compels you? Yeah. Uh, well, we will. Not right we now. Get well, back. eventually. Yeah. But, mean, yeah. There's a thing we put in the outline, of the. Theme. It's called small talk. <laughs> we yeah, have to I do know, that Mitha. first.
1: I know. <laughs> Hi, How are you? you?
0: <laughs> I am living and breathing.
1: Good. As per okay. usual. Good. Because yeah. it's a big small talk because we have two big things to discuss. Huge. First of all, Mita, you had some homework.
0: I did.
1: I had asked Mita to watch Ryan Johnson's Brick. Yes. Which was his first feature film. You ready? I am. I'm <laughs> okay. Ready.
0: I really liked Brick. Yeah, I thought
1: I knew you would. I started to watch it because I was just like, oh, I should remember. And I was just like, oh, she's gonna really like this.
0: This is like Okay, I you can tell it's like one of his first films because mm-hmm. there are some things there I was like this could have been executed a little bit better. yeah, but no, just on that level of creativity and what's presented in front of you is just so yeah. fun and exciting, but it's still a dark and moody movie. like it's not a fun teen drama, I wouldn't say that, no. which is kind well, that's what I was buying from you. I told me, you you told was me a... it was a teen drama and I got really excited I told you
1: it was a film noir mystery set but in I, high school I
0: ignored that part and focused <laughs>
1: on the teen drama so ultimately you just ignored what I said Pretty reinterpreted much. it
0: <laughs> but yes it's definitely darker and moodier, yeah. and like I really love that juxtaposition of them being in high school and, mm. and it reminded me a lot of like Buffy in a way too of like they're in high school and they have to deal with their high school problems but they also live on top of a hellmouth mouth and there's literal demons facing them every single oh, no. day. But then it also reminded me of like Romeo plus Juliet where it's this like teen oh God, setting <laughs> teen love story but it's it's spoken in like the original Shakespearean language.
1: I have never understood that version of Romeo and Juliet. You don't like love I, Romeo plus I, Juliet? I don't love Romeo plus Juliet.
0: How dare you do that to Boz?
1: I know I don't like that. Rude. (laughs) My favorite scene in Brick. So for people who don't know, Brick is Brian Johnson's first movie, and it is literally a film noir murder mystery set in a suburban high school in L.A. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the best description of it. I I suggested Mita watch it because she didn't love Looper as much as I think either of us thought she would. Mm -hmm. And I suggested she watch this because it's earlier Ryan Johnson work and Mita loves Knives Out. My favorite scene in Brick and I I saw this years ago for the first time, and I always remember it, is he's talking to the drug lord. Yeah. And he's at their house, and (laughs) his mom drops (laughs) off, yeah, drops (laughs) off, like, snacks for them, and I'm just like, that is so smart it's such a such a small thing and so clever
0: mom's asking like oh do you want milk oh but wait you're gonna have milk with your cereal do you want apple juice
1: yeah (laughs) it's such a it's such a good scene (laughs) because here this like giant it it refocuses it and you kind of just like realize what's going on and it's but it doesn't take you out of it either and it doesn't make what's happening seem juvenile. It's a very it's a very balanced film.
0: There are parts of it where I'm like, this is ridiculous but the, I, the I love dialogue it.
1: <laughs> the dialogue yeah. style I'm just like no one talks mm. like this. Yeah. <laughs> but I think my but that's thing the is point a, of it. The, the, yeah, exactly. and the murder mystery is super compelling. It is. It's a really interesting story.
0: And that girl's from Lost. Oh is she? I'm Elita Riven, she's Claire. Mm-hmm. Is she Claire? I never,
1: Yeah, I never watched Lost. <laughs>
0: Oh, that might be your next binge.
1: I'm not, I'm not binging Actually, no, you would get
0: so frustrated with Lost, so that's kind of why I I want you to watch it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I, I've heard a lot of negative things about how, like, Lost started and where it essentially, like, declined. Yeah. So, I'm not. I
0: have a Lost theory, but, like, I don't, I don't think you're interested in knowing it.
1: I'm, I don't, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) We Fine. could you could you could text it to me randomly one day as you do things. Well you're not so. gonna
0: watch it, so you're not gonna care not, for it. That's true. Okay. I guess gonna. if if anyone wants to know what my loss theory is, just like reach out to us on the socials.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you.
1: But I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad I you watched like it. it. I'm glad you... So do you think I should have suggested You should Brick have picked Brick. Of... <laughs> oh, okay, yeah.
0: But no, I understand why you picked Looper because yeah. if you're thinking about those two, Looper obviously had more more appeal to it in terms of the film lexicon like it's a bigger budget it's more approachable but um i liked brick better
1: i think in terms of like filmmaking brick was made for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. you can't you can't buy a house for that much
0: no you really can't (laughs) but (laughs) ryan
1: johnson made a movie on it with a pretty bankable star bankable now i guess at this point at the time he wasn't what he was but it's it's really impressive for what he did and it's I, i think a prime example of like content is king if you Mm. have good content you can really make a good movie
0: yeah agreed good job ryan on that one
1: speaking of content and i don't (gasps) know if that's a good segue but
0: yeah it works
1: on may 27th sure is it may 27th the friends reunion came out (laughs) and rita and i decided (laughs) that we would both watch it so that we could talk about it on this um small talk portion of our Uh episode so what did you think
0: I Okay, so when I watched the trailer, so okay, wait, let me just start from the beginning, which is, so Friends aired from 1994 to 2003? It did. Is that right? Okay, so from the time I was three till I was
1: 13. <laughs> I sometimes forget how 94. young you are.
0: <laughs> so the time I was three till I was 13, but I was a, an avid Friend watcher, like, maybe the not end. the early seasons, but at the end I was, and like. Yeah. I have vivid memories of like Thursday night and making sure I was watching friends, mm-hmm. especially that finale and I remember friends ended like the the spring before I started high school and so like when we when I went into grade 9 I made some new friends. Oh. <laughs> funny because we were talking about how we were sad that friends was over even though we were like 14 and didn't know anything but no friends has had a big impact in my life in that it was the show that i consistently watched on my breaks from when i worked at the gap (laughs) yeah that was all we had in our back room we had random friends dvds and it's half an hour and so you could i'm pretty sure i watched the entire series in that back room yeah (laughs) um but, no, I've always loved it and liked it. But I was never, like, one of those people that was, like, a die-hard friends person. Like, okay. I wouldn't buy a cup that says Central Perk on it.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. You
0: know? I've always just enjoyed it for what it is. But in the last few years, like, thinking back on it, I've kind of thought, like, if this came out today, I don't think I would find it as funny. And I wouldn't be, like, as invested in it as people were back then. And so going into the reunion, I kind of was just like, uh, like, do I need this? Do I really need to see them? coming together for the first time since 2004 Mm -hmm. or whatever but then watching it i got so sentimental (laughs) you didn't i I don't think
1: you did. no i'm waiting for i just want you to tell your story and then i'll tell my story
0: okay i got very sentimental watching the trailers for it i kind of was like oh this seems really all like crafted and Mm -hmm. disingenuous disingenuous
1: yeah disingenuous yeah
0: disingenuous it didn't it felt like it was scripted it felt fake to me just the way they were talking and like um, all the previews for it, talking about how Jennifer Aniston and um, David Schwimmer had crushes on each other. I was just like, okay, whatever. But then actually watching it and seeing them talk about those moments and like what the experience was like for them and how, you know, they actually were all friends with one another because nobody else knew what their experiences were like. And, talking about the moments and then showing the actual moments from the tv show there were some moments where i I got shivers i was like oh like that's so nice and like when they show ross and rachel's first kiss like it was really moving and i i got all, all the warm fuzzies from it and i loved the fashion show but my biggest question from it was like why james corden
1: <laughs> yeah that's a like, question a lot of people had i think
0: but yeah but i i did like it and i i I, I don't know if it was necessary. Like, I didn't think we needed this. Like, this is what's going to bring society back together. It's mm-hmm. going to end all the the bad things in the world. But it was nice to have. Hmm. Yeah.
1: When Friends ended in 2003, that was the year I graduated from high school.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And this premiered in episode, uh, sorry, series finale was in May. We graduated in June. It was mm-hmm. a very emotional summer for a <laughs> lot of high school students because Friends for like 17, 18 year olds was I think like it was it was big for us, for our generation. It was a defining sitcom, I would say. Yeah, I remember Friends was on Thursday nights coming to school on Friday and it would be the thing everyone talked about at your lockers. Everyone had a locker bay and we yeah. would all like everyone be like, oh, did you watch it? Oh, do you remember this part? And we would like analyze them and talk about them. So it was a it was a big deal for us. I think Seinfeld is the greatest show ever made, mm-hmm. not greatest comedy. Seinfeld is the greatest television show ever produced for television. But I love Seinfeld. I'm I, sorry. I love Friends. I <laughs> yeah. have always found Friends endearing. And what Friends is was summarized really well by when they had the shots of people from around the world talking about Friends. Yeah. Friends is really universal. And Friends is one of those things that like when I am at home, I'm cleaning and I'm cooking. Or if I'm just sad and I just want to feel nice, I put on Friends. I don't even put on Seinfeld as much as I put on Friends. Because Friends is like, it's transient. It really just, it can come with you anywhere. It makes you feel at home. I remember I went to Dublin to do an abroad semester in my last semester of university. And it was mm-hmm. the first time I had moved away from home and I was really homesick. And Friends helped me like feel at home was when Aww, I was, in, and when I was nice. in Ireland. It was a really nice thing. So I was looking forward to this. I was really looking forward to the reunion. I, like many people, expected there to be an episode. And I was kind of just like, I don't want an interview with all these people. But honestly, this was so endearing to watch. Yeah. It was so warm. It was so nice. It knew exactly what it was. It knew exactly who it was servicing. And it did exactly that. Mm-hmm. There was no pretense about it. They weren't trying to be anything other. It was n- not trying to be anything other than fan service. And it, I think it gets a 10 out of 10 in terms of that. It did everything you wanted it to. And parts are a little cheesy. Yeah. Like, I think there's all, there's bits and things that don't work. But seeing the 10 of them kind of interact and actually realizing that these... Sorry, not 10. These six people legitimately like each other. Yeah. Like, they actually are friends, and that translates. One thing, though, that the Friends reunion really brought out, and Mita knows where I'm going with this, are the freaking millennials who think... <laughs> That just because <laughs> Friends came out at a time where things were different in two thousand and three, that we should cancel it because of a lack of diversity and because of this and because of that and the storylines—it's such crap. It's part and I of re- our history. It's—it is literally a part of our history. it's yeah. It's—it is a like that's where we were. And can I tell you, Friends really is—I I think Friends is maybe the exception to the rule because as a brown Muslim person man you're a South Asian Hindu woman, I still relate to friends I still yeah. can find myself in those characters oh my gosh, It doesn't totally. matter it doesn't matter that they're all white and all straight and you know etc cetera, etc cetera, all these like things there there's no force in it and can I say you don't have to agree with this Mita? most of my friends all of them South Asian so there's it, it seemed natural that all of these people, were together and they were friends with each other. And you never got the sense that they were racist or that they were homophobic or things like that. It just seemed like these were six people who did interact and did lead lives like this. Yeah, and and I'm not.
0: there was never any scenes where they were like, we're not going to hang out with that person because they're black. Like, Ross dated Julie. They did, you know, like, there wasn't... He
1: dated What's-Her-Face in in last season. Aisha Tyler. Aisha Tyler. Gabriel Union was on there. There was no, like... Re- obviously was... yes
0: it was not a true representation of what the world was like but in 1994 till or er, 2004 that is what television looked like and like we can't keep getting mad about that we can learn from it and grow from it and do new and different things but you can't get mad at the show for doing what was the status quo at the time
1: and can i just tell you mita yeah as a south asian person i don't want white people telling my story hmm The issue was not with friends and the creators. They were telling their story that was pertinent to them and it connected with people. But if I want, and I'm fortunate now that I live at a time where as a a South Asian or as a Muslim person, my story is being told. And I like that it's being told by Muslims. And if you talk about like Rami or you talk about South Asians with Mindy Kaling, like there are people representing us out there and it's nice to hear those stories. But it's nice to hear these stories too. Oh,
0: friends. I want to go back to your point. Of that you thought that this might just be like an actual episode yeah. and they answer that in the show they very well they say, actually <laughs> yeah they say that the creators have always said that um they thought that the way that they had ended the show everybody got a nice bow everybody had a, a happy ending and you had a clear picture of what their ending was and what their lives were and so why would they open that box and destroy all that that happiness and them? All the work that they had put up up to that point, why would they destroy that just to give you one more episode?
1: Ask and Sex in the City how well that worked. <laughs> Seriously, though, yeah. ask Sex in the City how well that worked.
0: Mm-hmm. It didn't. I, well, I don't need to because I
1: know <laughs> it was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible. idea, and yeah. honestly, it didn't occur to me until they brought that up in the in the the reunion when the creators were like, "This is," and I was just like, "Oh my god, that makes complete sense." Yeah. Like, why I've would you ruin wondered, what you did? Though.
0: Have you ever wondered, I never wondered what they were all doing. Like I figured Chandler and Monica moved to suburbs, had kids, so did Ross and Rachel. And like Phoebe and Mike probably moved to Connecticut. And then I don't know how the TV show Joey ended. Oh, I, I never I only either, watched yeah. the first season of it. And then the it was second.
1: not good. So you never. But continued. I just
0: imagine Joey moved back with Chandler and Monica and it's like a fun uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's I all think you I-
1: need. I think I've always been curious about like less what happened with them and more just you want to see those characters alive again. Yeah. And you missed that. But can I just say, in order to do that, you need, we talked about this, you need a long form. You can't have an hour, mm-hmm. two hour episode even, because it takes too long to build up to the introduction to then fall back into pivot. Pivot! Or like, pivot. Yeah, like it falls too, <laughs> it, it takes too long to get to that point. You find that line funny because those three characters come with a history that yeah. you know.
0: And that's why I think it was so genius that they had them read, like they did old table reads yeah, together. Yeah. And you saw them like today reading those lines from back then. And they're acting the same way they were same acting way, back yeah. then. Like, like they still have those characters within them. And I think it really opened an eye that, like, yes, we watch TV shows and we consume it, but there are actual people, there are actors who put so much work into what they do to make you believe those characters to make you fall in love with them. And mm. it was just so nice to kind of see that behind the scenes of it and what it was like for them. And I just I really liked this. I think if you're going to do a TV show reunion, do it like this.
1: Exactly like this. Yeah. And I think this will become you'll watch Friends and then you'll watch the reunion. Like it'll it'll be a part of the Friends experience to watch this. It's yeah. not going to be like a oh we sh- watch Friends but you don't need to watch the reunion. It's pointless. This I think adds a little. It adds texture. It adds history. It's a nice addition to that world.
0: Yeah, I wish Gilmore Girls had done this instead of.
1: Yeah, and that's that another last. one. Exactly, that's another one where it just like. It I mean, like fire.
0: I, I have a love hate with that four episode comeback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some of the episodes I like. Some of them I don't. I wish there was more. That was the only thing. It left me wanting more. Yeah. And like with this, it's like I don't need more. I'm good with this. They don't need to do another one in twenty plus years.
1: No, they don't. Yeah. I think I think everyone acknowledges this was beautiful to see. It was lovely to experience. Yeah. And now we can all move on from it.
0: Good on you, HBO.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of moving on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mitha, this week we watched one of your movies. You,
0: we watched one of mine. Uh, we
1: watched... West
0: of Memphis.
1: We did. A yes. two and a half hour documentary.
0: It, uh, it, yes. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a different format than what we're used to. But yes. Nidhi, why don't you tell the listeners what West of Memphis is about?
1: I will. So IMDb describes West of Memphis as an examination of a failure of justice in the case against the West Memphis Three, which yeah, but... <laughs> this whole thing is going to require a lot of like backstory. But before we I think, do you want to do you want to maybe explain what the documentary is about before you talk? You do it. You talk about maybe the okay. documentary history and then your history with it.
0: Yes. Um. So. Oh, how do I want to do this? The West Memphis Three were a group of three teenagers in uh, West Memphis. And I'm forgetting the state. It's not Tennessee.
1: Arkansas? (laughs) Virginia? Arkansas? Is it Arkansas?
0: Arkansas. I think you're right. Arkansas. Wow. You can tell we watch this. (laughs) (laughs) They were convicted of killing these three boys. I'm not going to go into the details of the crime because it is quite vicious. Um, But the real reason why they were convicted was one of the boys who we now know is mentally disabled. He was coerced into a confession and said him and his two other friends had done this murder. And then on top of that, one of the boys in particular was really into Satanism and witchcraft and kind of was drawn to those elements. The power of
1: Christ compels you.
0: (laughs) That's where the power of Christ compels you come from. Took you a while, but it didn't take me. <laughs> but he was interested in those things. And so they kind of used that as the driving force, as though they were sacrificing these three young boys that they killed. And over the years, they discovered that there was a real lack of evidence in this case. And there was not. Yep.
1: Well, they were convicted.
0: So, yes, they were convicted and put on death row. Yeah. And over the years, they discovered there was a real lack of evidence in these cases. And there was a documentary done by the HBO, I think, actually, Mm in the 90s or early 2000s called Paradise Lost. And it was Mm -hmm. a three-part series. And this documentary was made and funded by Peter Jackson, who's the director of Lord of the Rings and his wife, Fran. And this sort of really tells you the story from front to beginning. So you have the three documentaries of Paradise Lost that you could watch, and it'll take you some time. Or you could watch this, um, which kind of just sums up the entire case. You get it from beginning to end. But the reason why I chose this is when I was choosing my list of movies to watch. I think you know I have a very keen interest in true crime. I'm trying to think of ways to say it other than, like, I love true crime because, like, I know how terrible that sounds. I just find it really interesting and really compelling. And I think there are a lot of important stories to be told from it and to kind of to open your eyes to something that you maybe have never heard about before. And so I was thinking of like, okay, what true crime movies should I get Nadine to watch? Like what documentary is really good? And one of the things that we first bonded over when we were working together was like our admiration for cereal and how much we loved cereal. Uh And so I have you read Rabia Chaudhary's book?
1: I haven't
0: no. No. Okay. So Rabia Chaudhry, who is there's so many things that you guys have so to many learn things, about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rabia Chaudhary, who is a family friend of Adnan Sayed, who was the subject of the first season of Serial. She's written a book called Adnan Story. And in the book, she explains that one night she was at home and she turned on the TV and this documentary, West of Memphis, was on, and she she knew about the West Memphis 3. She knew about this case, but she learned so much about it. And this movie really shows you the power that comes with media attention when it comes to cases like this and how much things can be changed when you are publicizing, you know, wrongful convictions and publicizing the things that should be changing. And she watched this and she was really moved by it. And after she watched it, she was like, OK, I am going to look up journalists in Baltimore. I'm going to email people and I'm going to get non story out there and maybe that will help him get out of prison, and that was really her driving force and inspiration to email Sarah Koenig, who replied, and then we had Serial, and now we have our podcast, because Serial put podcasts on the map.
1: Serial literally, podcasts were a thing before Serial, but Serial made them a popular form of entertainment and communication and news consumption, and like, Serial changed the game.
0: Exactly. And so I felt like that was kind of full circle for us, so that is why I chose West of Memphis. Very nice. Yes. Yes. Would you like to tell me how you feel about West of Memphis?
1: <laughs> so West of Memphis was really interesting. and I true crime is it's it's exactly like you're saying. It's so hard to talk about it sometimes because mm-hmm. you don't want to be like, "Oh my God, I love it because there were real people at the end of true crime stories and real people yeah. often they they died or they were wrongly convicted. There's people suffering or who have suffered. And so to watch it as entertainment or appreciate it as entertainment is gross, yes, that said. Yeah. <laughs> It is what it is.
0: Yeah, it is. It's. I don't like the word entertaining. It's yeah, compelling.
1: It's, the, it's compelling, yeah. and it's interesting, and it's educational, and I think it it does a lot of things that good fiction should do, and it gets an emotional rise out of you. So it's it's compelling to watch, and that, I'm. Mitha's not going to say it, but I am going to say it at the end of the day, and maybe entertaining is the wrong word, but it does it does fuel a desire to wanting to watch more,
0: which I think is a really important thing.
1: But, like are I, you, but are you watching it because of the justice or are you watching it because of the like?
0: I think that depends on the viewer. And yeah. because look, look what happened with this. Rabia Tadri was inspired. And now, I mean, we know who Adnan Sayed is. Can you yeah. say that you knew him 10, 12 years ago?
1: Oh, no. And without no. Serial, you would have had no, this would have completely died. Like no yeah. one would know the story. Exactly. Unless you were a part of the that imminent circle of people who were involved. And, like, there's no reason that people should know that story. Or, in this case, you know, the, the accused and the murdered, like, in this case. Mm-hmm. So, when I was watching this, I was interested. And it is a very interesting story. Documentaries are hard to review, I find, yeah. because there is a... There's content versus the film itself. And you do have to be able to talk about them separately but also together. So I'm gonna to try to have a discussion about the film as a film, but then mm-hmm. the content as content. Yeah. Because for me, I find the film a bit flawed. Okay. But the content really interesting.
0: Okay, let's talk about the film first then. Okay. Okay.
1: It's way too long for what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. <agreed>. It's, <laughs> it's like two and a half
1: hours and like it's there's a point in there where I'm watching it and I'm just kinda of like, where are we going? Like I find that like her directing style is it takes the content and it just we're like all over the place at one point. And slowly it starts to funnel down to where it's trying to get to. But in the beginning, there's like a good there's like a good 40 minutes, I'd say, where I'm just kind of like, what am I experiencing? And I started to doze off at one point and I didn't. I kept going. And then eventually it was it's very compelling, especially when you start to find out like, the, the backstory of one of the boy's stepfathers and, like, where you're going with, with all of that. Mm-hmm. But at first, I find it, it really long, like, too long for a documentary. Yeah, Documentaries in general, I don't think I've ever loved a documentary. And that might just be my own personal, like, I watch film, not for the entertainment, but for to be told a story. Like, that's what I really find compelling in filmmaking. And while documentaries are fascinating films, and I've seen some great documentaries... I have never rewatched a documentary, nor will I wa- rewatch any of the documentaries I've seen. And I don't know what that means.
0: Say it again. <laughs> I, I, don't ha-
1: <laughs> I have never rewatched a documentary. Yeah. And I will never rewatch a documentary.
0: Oh, okay. Like, I have
1: no desire. Like, I've seen this. It's It was it was what it was. And I learned what I learned. But even documentaries I've loved, like Bowling for Columbine, for instance, which I, f- uh-huh. which I found really fascinating, I will not watch it again because i i learned what i had to learn it's like rereading a textbook almost
0: that's really interesting because documentaries is something that i will watch
1: (laughs) again and i will
0: put it on in the background and because i like learning about those things and i think the first time i watch it maybe i didn't hear something correctly or Mm -hmm. maybe you know I, i wasn't like as tuned in or since since the documentary's come out, I've been invested in the case and I've like learned things from that were not shown in the documentary and I kind of want to go back and see what was happening there. I think I agree with you in that this is long and I think there's a lot, they they spend a lot of time with Damien Eccles and his wife, whose name I'm yes. forgetting right now. And I don't miss it, like as much as it's really um, important to the story to see that Damien is a really kind-hearted, sweet person. He's not this Satanist that he was made out to, to be. I don't know if you need all of that. You need to spend as much time with them. Like you can kind of capture that in small bits, not, you know, this whole hour long presentation of how he fell in love with it. Lori, that's her name, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I think> so. <laughs> how Damien and Lori fell in love and, and, and why they're together because I can understand why they do it. I think people might be worried that she's like one of those women that falls in love with prisoners. But yeah. like in just that one first scene with them, you can tell, no, she's legit. And so is he. Yeah. Like They they are two legitimate people who fell in love and are in terrible circumstance. But um, I think they spent way too long there. But I also think like this came out in a time when like episodic true kind documentaries were not really a thing. thing. Yeah. And I think if that was what was, if they were given that opportunity, I feel like that would have been so much more better. Like they could have focused like, okay, episode one will be, you know, the crime itself. Episode two mm-hmm. will be the trial. Episode three will be all three boys experiences in prison. Episode four will be like the alternative well, theory.
1: Like Undisclosed, for instance, or The Staircase or like all these true crime. Yes. Docu series that we've watched and experienced.
0: Mm-hmm. What's Undisclosed? Oh, the, the podcast? The Adnan
1: Syed. No, Undisclosed is the Adnan Syed. Oh, Undisclosed is the podcast. The I
0: think the it's HBO. called... It's called the... It's, I think it's called Adnan Syed.
1: It's something of Adnan Syed. Or
0: the, yeah, Adnan story. That's Adnan, the book. And,
1: anyway, whatever it and, is. Yeah. Whatever it is, there was the HBO series about it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: the one thing I also was... I don't know if turned off is the wrong... It's, it's not actually how I feel. But one thing that maybe I didn't love about this is that it's very clear that the director has an intention. And granted, like, this movie ends a certain way, and so it's Mm -hmm. hard to veer away from that. I think why Serial was so compelling and is so groundbreaking in how it was presented is Sarah Koenig walks the tightrope the entire time. She presents the facts. Yeah. And to this day, you don't know how she thinks.
0: And you're left to figure it out yourself. Do you think he's innocent or do you think he's guilty?
1: And it has led to some great conversation and, like, discussion about, like you know, people are suffering on the other end. And I don't want to say that we're trying to make entertainment out of their suffering, but that what was presented to us was a very compelling series of episodes that led Mm -hmm. us to have a discussion about, I think for South Asian people especially, people could really identify themselves in Adnan Syed and the things that were presented in, in the trial as him being like duplicitous because he was like a good Muslim kind kid of, but he yeah. did things and everyone was just like but that's the South Asian. Did adolescent. <laughs> everyone did that and yeah. that was the like that was the wild thing that you can you could have those discussions about that and see how that was misinterpreted but Sarah Koenig does such a fantastic job of just showing you everything and having one episode where you're like oh she definitely thinks he's innocent and then the next episode where you're like oh she definitely thinks he did it and still not knowing because she's just trying to present everything to you
0: mm-hmm. this
1: i think was so it was so single-mindedly focused at proving their innocence which was in you know
0: their intention t-
1: their intention which at the date, to be quite honest isn't proven either do you know what i mean I you, I know
0: what you, you mean, but I also know I, I mean how you I have feel. an
1: yeah, you have an yeah. opinion and I have an opinion too. Yeah. And I think I'm sure we have the same opinion, but at the end of the day, it's not proven. This
0: is yes, but I I think cuz at the so spoiler alert, at the end of the <laughs> documentary, you you find out that were presented with an alternative theory of what could have happened that day. And a lot of evidence that kind of leads us to believe that that's probably what the truth was and that these boys really had nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. But that you're shown that they're given this Alfred plea and an Alfred plea essentially says that the person or persons convicted of the crime are pleading that the state has enough evidence to prove that they did do this, but they are pleading, not guilty to do it.
1: No, they're pleading, pleading guilty. Pleading guilty to the crime but that they didn't actually do actually
0: it. Do it, and it's a it's a weird thing Luke to Cole. do. Yeah, um, Michael Peterson also did it for the staircase. The staircase. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Soon to be uh, starring
1: Colin Firth.
0: Oh my gosh, I can't. Do it.
1: And Tony Collette. That's great but casting. We... We'll get. We'll talk about that. No, later. no, no,
0: no. Kathleen Peterson's dead. What is Tony Collette going to do with that oh, character?
1: I I, I can <laughs> see what they're going to do, and it's going to be great.
0: Okay. Um, But yes, so these boys did an alpha plea. And so now the option to actually have it solved to have that, that proof presented and to actually have justice, uh, depending on your definition of the word is eliminated. And I think that's also a really important part of the movie as well, because you can have you know, all these celebrities like Eddie Vedder, Johnny Depp, Peter Jackson, so many people on your side rooting for you, saying like, these boys are innocent, they're, they're innocent, like, let them out of prison. And at the end of the day, they're still in the eyes of the law guilty of this crime. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, they get to walk around free. They're out of prison. They're no longer on death row. But they still have this chain to them. And I think that that's a really important thing for people to see and compelling and when we talk when people talk about the american justice system and if it is actually if if it's proper and right and and what it should be
1: yeah
0: i think this is something that's really compelling to watch to kind of see what that looks like and the thing that has always really interested me about this is like when making a murderer came out that was such a big deal to people and i remember everyone Being like, oh my gosh, can you believe it? Can you believe it? And I was like, yeah, I've watched West of Memphis. Like, I can believe that the police would go so far to have someone convicted of a crime. And I think the more people watch this, the more of an understanding people have when it comes to these things. And and like, I made you watch the Scott Peterson documentary this year.
1: Well, I was just going to say that, like, I think a better example of the same thing is the Lacey Peterson, the murder of Lacey Peterson, which is available on Amazon Prime and it's a five-part series that Mita suggested to me, and I've suggested it to many people who have come back and been like, wow, this is super fascinating to watch. Because I find what The Murder of Lacey Peterson does, more so than West of Memphis, is still present information rather than feed you information.
0: Yes and no. Because at the same time, his family is heavily involved in the production of that documentary.
1: But even, and even though that's the case, fine. Like, Peter Jackson produced (laughs) this documentary and had a large, like, I... I just think that even if his family had a large part to do with that, at the end of the day, the way that documentary is made is more just like, here's what happened to Lacey. Here's what happened to Scott. And here's just kind of other things that you should consider.
0: Yeah, that's true, too. Where this this is
1: like, where this is like this happened. This is wrong. Here's another theory. Here's how they got off.
0: But this also was made at a time when they already were like they've been released right and so i think they really are just telling this whole story from front to end and so yeah it's gonna be biased like i don't think there is a single documentary out there that is not biased like i think that that's probably impossible to make
1: but sarah Koenig made it you can't tell me what her bias is
0: documentary that's that is absolutely a documentary
1: (laughs) that is a documentary series it's a docu-series that is just recorded that is audio versus visual. And she, that is a completely unbiased look, which proves to me it is possible.
0: I wonder if, like, we had actual visual on Sarah Kate. Like, what if it was, like, some podcast today they use, like, YouTube, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If, a video podcast. If it was, like, could we be able to detect those things? But there were people who definitely, people sniffed out biases in her. Like, there are so many Reddit conversations about how she's in love with Adnan. And that she, right? And so people will kind of, people are always going to see what they want to see in something. And I think you definitely see it as being unbiased. I do too. But I think there are people <laughs> who see it as like, no, she's like, she's not saying anything because she knows she's, he's guilty, but she's in love with him or the complete opposite.
1: But that's my whole point is that, like, I I agree. I I clearly think she's unbiased. And that's my opinion that I formed having listened to it. Mm -hmm. But other people might have other opinions such that, like, she's in love with him. She thinks he did it. She doesn't think like so so many opinions. But at the end of the day, their opinions and you can't you can't there's still no proof against them. Yeah. There's still there's no proof for or against them. Sorry. Let's
0: just get him a new trial.
1: Well, I mean, isn't that the whole thing? Yeah. Well, they're and still like, working on that. Everyone has an opinion about Adnan Sayed at this point. It was, mm-hmm. it 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 created one of the best SNL videos of all <laughs> time.
0: I do love that
1: sketch. It's so good that sketch. <laughs> but that's that podcast. Sometimes I'll just be like, I I want I don't want to listen to music, and I don't listen to any of my books on tape, and I'll put on cereal, and I'll be like, well, I'm stuck here for ten episodes now because I have to listen to this.
0: I think at the end of this podcast, you should play the serial theme song.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great idea, actually. (laughs) 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 Because I think I, I understand what this is trying to do. And I can appreciate it from I think one thing that also kind of rubs me the wrong way is that if this was a done deal, do I need to see this? Like, if I know that this is this, like, I made sure I didn't look into this at all. So, like, yeah. it felt very, like, fresh and all the information felt felt fresh. But at the time, if you knew the West Memphis Three had gotten off, what a, what is there to learn?
0: I think there's a lot to learn in the actual, like, carrying of the misjustice. So, like, you know, people... The carrying some... of the
1: misjustice? The care... <laughs> I usually let them go, but that one was too funny. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> I think, okay, people, you know, when they think about wrongful convictions and, oh my gosh, what's the word? False confessions. Uh-huh. People think about making a murderer and they think about Brendan Dassey. Brendan Dassey should not be in prison. And that's really kind of what they look at and what they know. Uh-huh. But this one also has one and that I don't think has been explored as much. And I think it's important to show, like, all the time in these documentaries and I hear see people on, like, Reddit and other boards and, like, sometimes I think of myself as an armchair detective. But, yeah, (laughs) I see on all these boards, people are like, why would someone who's innocent confess to a crime? Why would that happen? And, like, It happens. It It clearly does. It happens a lot, and the police manipulate situations all the time. Yeah, and like I think those elements of this story, I think in this documentary, it's not focused on as much. I think the focus here is really on sort of the celebrity power that came with the West Memphis Three and how that really. Um, was the juggernaut in terms of getting them released and, and what that push was like? But they don't focus on the fact that there was somebody who was mentally disabled, not has an IQ of like, uh, do they say how high is IQ? They don't is? say,
1: but they say he's essentially mentally retarded.
0: And he has a low, low IQ. He can like, he confessed to a crime because you told him what it was. You fed yeah, him into it. it in the intro. And I think those things are so important. And in watching this, it like, rejuvenated this like push for justice that i have i literally texted someone today i was like how do i like get into making sure wrongly convicted people are released like how can i get involved in that in some sort of way and i started to watch which is also on amazon death row stories have you Mm -hmm. ever watched it no i have okay so it's a docu series but it's episodic Mm -hmm. so each episode is a different case that's produced by robert redford Mm -hmm. (laughs) love robert hubble a and the first four, se- three seasons are narrated by Susan Sarandon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and each episode looks at a different death row story. And some of the people are guilty of their crime, but the question is, should they be on death row? Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them are innocent, and it looks at their case, and you know, it's up to you to decide. Like, do you believe they're innocent or guilty? Mm-hmm. And then some of the people have been exonerated, and it's really compelling information, and it's opened like there's just so many stories out there. And there's so many people on death row. Yeah. And like, I've never, there's so many people that in these states, in, in other countries too, they have decided that they're going to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, they may, they committed a crime. They've done something wrong. But like, do you really believe somebody should be killed? And I just think that that's a really fascinating idea.
1: Capital punishment?
0: Yeah. I just find it really interesting. and And like, I try to, I'm trying to understand the other side of it. And I have a hard time understanding the other side of it because I don't believe in eye for an eye. I believe in what, like, that makes the world go blind. Like. And you. I also think, like, what are you saying? Like, yes, they've killed someone, but then you're essentially doing the same thing. How does that make you any better than somebody else? Mm-hmm. And so I just, I want to try to understand it more. And then at the same time, like, there's so much, like, ton of stuff that police and lawyers, they get involved and they're, they're not they're trying to prove that they're right and not looking for the truth and i think um, more people should be interested in those things
1: it's so interesting that you you feel very impassioned and very pa- like passionate about it and i think that's interesting that this movie did that because the word i would use to describe this is probably unfocused mm. i find it a very unfocused as a piece because other you have recommended a lot of true crime to me and yeah. so and i have liked them in varying degrees but this i find not bad at all, but we're very unfocused because I find that, like, the style of it is very much like, are we here? Are we here? What are we talking about? You think this is about the celebrity pull that it took to get this case, to get these guys exonerated. That didn't even cross my mind.
0: Really? And that, yeah.
1: Like, that didn't even, it just occurred to me that those are just, they were people involved in this. I think, to me, when I look at this, this is about the mis, the miscarriage of justice. but. <laughs>
0: I said it wrong earlier. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I but I don't think this is. I think that's what this is meant to be about. But it mm-hmm. didn't ignite. So there's a Bollywood movie we're going to watch later in the series mm-hmm. that is about what I would call a miss. What I've never felt so impassioned about until I watched this film and realized what this what this history was. It really angered me with to see what had happened because it made me experience what had gone wrong in this case. That's a movie that is super biased. Super, super, super biased. Yeah. But, and the whole point is to make me feel that miscarriage of justice. I didn't feel that here. And part of the reason I might have not felt it here is because in this situation, it was resolved.
0: And you kind of know the ending when you're yeah. watching it. Yeah. I, I just ha-
1: find... Like, with even with Scott Peterson, I feel bad for Scott. Because I feel like he was... <laughs> he was Nick Dunn. Like, he got... he got. <clears throat>
0: But his wife is still dead?
1: No, but at the oh fine. Yeah. But what Nick I Dunn mean is that Lacey like Lacey
0: had something to do with it.
1: No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I, I didn't say he got gone girl
0: Fair. Okay,
1: fair. I, he got nicked Duned in a way that like he was a punchable face and he <laughs> had an affair and he did a lot of sh- shitty things and he's paying for bad decisions in a like an extreme way. Yeah. And I think what really bothered me about the Lacey Peterson, the murder of Lacey Peterson was uh Nancy Grace and oh, how God. much how much she played a part in what happened and that whole tabloid journalism kind of mentality that got me angry and even with the staircase it was the fact that like they used that he was bisexual bisexual or a homosexual whatever like that became such a big part of it like there were things about those cases that made me angry that are egregious egregious. and this was just like i get that like i think that the underlying thing they could have actually taken advantage of was like white poverty these, this yeah. was about, like, wh- impoverished white people. And there was no real talk about the thing that really could have been a discussion point here. And so I just felt the entire thing was about this thing that happened, but I wasn't really trying to say anything about it. And the one thing I want to say about the celebrities,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it made me realize and made me think, so all these people, Peter Jackson is from New Zealand. And, like, Eddie Vader and what's her name from the Dixie Chicks. Like, Natalie. there's a lot... Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people. Why doesn't, and this was a case that happened a while ago, why doesn't Adnan Sayed have that kind of support?
0: I think Adnan has gotten a lot of celebrities who are on Twitter and whatnot. Like, I know you don't really follow social media, but there are a lot of people who when Serial came out and there are people who then followed Undisclosed afterwards who like would speak out like John Cryer from Two and a Half Men. John Cryer became the moderator on their actual podcast. So I do think that there is celebrity attention there. And I think, yeah, I don't think it's to the same effect as like the West Memphis 3 was where they had these like big concerts and support and like in order to raise funds. But But why is that the case? They did have the Adnan site. I think the world was a little different Different by the time that serial came out, and was it? what was being because they did have the undisclosed had the Adnan Syed fund. I don't know how much is in that money, but I'm assuming the fact that he's gotten so far in all of his legal proceedings proves that they've gotten money from it, from not just the listeners of serial, but I think there are people who have cash to give. They would give it, and I do like remember at that time like watching shows like. Access Hollywood and whatnot, like that was that was like a subject on one of them. It was like celebs who love cereal. <laughs> like, they were so different celebrities talking about it and being like, "I think Adnan is innocent." I do see what you're saying though, and I think there is an underrepresentation of people who look like you and I and who look like Adnan in Hollywood, um, and they're not speaking up about this. Like I would like to see Riz Ahmed talk about Adnan
1: Syed. Ahmed or Mindy Kaling or Hasan Minhaj like there's yeah. people who couldn't and I get that like when Serial came out those three celebrities were not as big as they are now yeah and that, that, that's in all fairness and I do feel like things would be different I do question though if Adnan is just not getting the, the celebrity endorsement of freaking Peter Jackson because he's South Asian and Muslim
0: the other thing about that case though is that
1: it's also I mean, it's not so, as obvious
0: it's not as obvious that he's not guilty.
1: But what it is obvious in Adnan's case is that there wasn't enough evidence to convict him.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like no actual physical evidence. No whatsoever. physical evidence at all. You have a witness, an eyewitness, who, who is, is so problematic. So
1: problematic.
0: It's so unreliable. Oh Jay. <laughs>
1: There's a he lot of problems it. with Adnan. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, anytime true crime comes up, all I want to do is talk about Adnan Sayed because it's, you know. such, a, it's such a giant mystery. I
0: knew this, this would happen.
1: <laughs> I, I was inevitable. And I was just like, we've done this in another podcast. Should we avoid doing this?
0: What podcast did we do it in?
1: I don't even know. Oh, we, I think we did it in um, Reversal of Fortune. Did
0: we talk about Adnan? He's
1: Probably because really it was true crime. I mean, it's a big yeah. thing. And yeah. I don't know if I'll ever get to the bottom of it.
0: Is he the next JonBenet? no i think he will be released. so rabia Chaudhary. so serial update if you want it <laughs> <laughs> rabia Chaudhary has been like hinting that there's like some big thing that's going to be revealed and like it really opens up the eyes to the case and that he should be released soon and then his birthday was recently and yeah. she posted like it was he his 40th 40. birthday and she posted something along the lines of like, you'll be out by your 41st. And so a lot of people are reading into that being like, she knows something like something mm-hmm. is coming out soon. And and he will hopefully be released or at least we'll at the very least, give him a new trial. You know what? You think he's guilty? Prove it.
1: Give it. Yeah. Just get him a new trial. I think that's the thing, because to be quite honest, I am South Asian and Muslim, just like Adnan Syed. I don't think he killed Min hey Minli. Mm-hmm. I do think he knows more than he's letting on. He knows on. something. Oh, he knows yeah. something. He's hiding something.
0: Yeah. But he's worried about mommy daddy. Maybe. And that's fair.
1: Mita, I'm assuming you don't have sequel prequel ideas.
0: Um, The job doesn't do the best job of like showing us what happens to Damien and Lori after the fact. Yeah. I mean... I could just look it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: I, like, that's the thing. You could just look it up. You could just do a Goog and figure it out.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to know more about how Peter Jackson got involved in this, and like, I want to see more of his, like, why he's so History. passionate about it. Because I found that I found that so interesting that Peter Jackson, of all the yeah. people in the world, is really. But I think he he's like a. So the term that I use is murderino because it's from the podcast, My Favorite Murder. I cool. think Peter Jackson is a murderino and Maybe. I would like to know his murderino or origin story because like every murderino has an origin story. What's your I... origin story? Because you're one. Serial. Okay.
1: Yeah, serial. Definitely. Well, I also had a weird, I also always liked Unsolved Mysteries, but as a kid, it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. But serial, I think, was the thing that really just brought me back in. And I've always loved a good murder mystery.
0: Do you want to know my origin story? I or Please. No? Okay. You do so have mine... to make it quick
1: because we are getting along here.
0: Basically, I was a latchkey kid. And so mm-hmm. Friday nights, my parents were always at parties and I was home alone. And Friday nights, I would watch Forensic Files and America's oh, okay. Most Wanted. Oh, okay. And then every time they would say they escaped to Canada, I was freaked out they were in their backyard. I'm I had to turn the, the lights on just to make sure there were no convicts in our backyard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Mitha, give me a rating.
0: Oh, my. I totally forgot that. <laughs>
1: that so we do this that podcast
0: So we do this on here i don't okay. mean to jump
1: the gun it's just i don't think there's an end to this conversation like it, i think there's, there's a lot so, there's a lot to talk about yeah so might as well just give me a rating
0: um so the first time i had seen this i i would give it probably like a four the first time i watched it because i was mm. really interested i didn't know anything about the case i didn't see paradise lost i didn't know any of that thing since then I've watched a lot of true crime Mm -hmm. and a lot of documentaries, and I think Amy Berg does a good job. I think from this viewing, I kind of got the sense of like the juggernaut of the celebrity. Mm -hmm. I think in past viewings, I've gotten sort of the, and that's why I like rewatching documentaries because I feel like I learn something new every time. In past documentaries, I saw you know the Miss Justin
1: (laughs) miscarriage of (laughs) justice,
0: (laughs) Miss Justice. In past viewings, I saw the miscarriage of justice or, you know, I saw the satanic panic that was going on. I've seen different elements kind of put in. But this one was about how much celebrity can like really refocus a case and build up opportunities for people to get the proper justice that they deserve. Mm -hmm. And so I think she does a good job. It's not the greatest job. I really like what she did with the Adnan Syed documentary that's on hbo as well so if you have crave check that out it's like a five four part series
1: yeah or if Three you or have hbo par- max
0: yes if we have hbo max give that a goog because it's a very interesting documentary mm-hmm. um she also has another one called prophet of prey which i don't like the lds church and like i find that stuff that subject matter really disturbing but it's very interesting as well and i think she is really good at making documentaries and she's in the right position Profession. profession <laughs> That's yeah. what I, yeah, she's in the right profession. But I don't, this viewing, like I saw a lot of what you were saying and that it did seem unfocused and it's kind of all over the place. I think it does really bring out this passion in me though, which I, mm-hmm. I like this aspect of my personality. Like I feel like I, I know I'm not involved in any kind of way, but I like, I feel good knowing that I'm trying to inform myself and educate myself and I'm trying to look for these opportunities to learn more and to kind of help in some kind of a way. And so for that, I will give it three stars. Okay. Yes. I think that's fair. Yeah.
1: For me, it's always, with a documentary, it's always content versus delivery. And (laughs) in this, the content is interesting. I think true crime for good, bad, whatever you want to call it, is interesting. I don't know what the fascination we have as people with it is. It it is just what it is. But this had really interesting content, a lot going on. I think what I really liked and this is it's gross, but it is what it is, that you get to see who the who the prime suspect is at this point and you got, mm-hmm. kind of get to you get to experience that cuz a lot of you know with the murder of Lacey Peterson for instance, there's a theory, but we don't actually it's a very it's still open-ended. Theory. It's very open-ended. This feels a little bit more closed-ended. Delivery, the film itself, needs a lot of work, I think. It needs a lot of editing. It needs a lot of focusing. I do wish that there had, especially with true crime, I want I want to feel. With a documentary, like film, fine, I want to feel. But with a documentary, you want a reaction. You want, I will never forget, and I'm. I know you've seen Dear Zachary.
0: Oh my god. That, I have never, oh.
1: I have never felt that way I've never
0: burst into tears so instantly
1: I had to like stop it and like I had to I gasped for air like it was like I've never had such a visceral reaction and that's such an awful awful story and that's not even a great documentary but it's such a powerful moment and I, I remember just wanting to know and feeling awful about it and feeling that like Feeling impassioned about the fact that like these things can happen in the world, and I think that's what a documentary should do. And this, I felt very passive about the experience, so I will give it three stars as well.
0: Three and three, so six for West of Memphis,
1: which I feel is like appropriate.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I'm glad we've done a documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I didn't know how we were going to do it. Yeah,
1: because I'm you. not going to. I don't want to. I would want to watch like Icarus or something, which is like. There's, I, have you seen Icarus? I think Icarus no. is the one about the drug topic. testing during the Olympics. Oh. oh, it was. No, I'm not really interested. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I gotta look it up. Yeah, I think Icarus. I is might the one make about...
0: you watch Death Row stories, though. There's some really interesting ones. I'll pick out the episodes for you. Yeah,
1: doping in sports. That's what it is. Uh,
0: Ugh, I don't care. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but we can talk about that another time. Yeah. Mitha, what are we about to play? <clears throat>
0: Different characters, same, same world. world. Not
1: bad. Very okay, good. We're getting better, I think. Yeah. Okay, Mitha, this is, this is a tricky one. Okay. Because I don't know if you know the people in this movie or this Great. movie as a movie. Great. I will tell <laughs> you, it is foreign.
0: Okay, so it's Bollywood. Got
1: it. No, it's not. Oh, okay. For Bollywood, I would say it's Bollywood. Okay. But it's foreign. Okay. I'm going to give you some character names.
0: Okay.
1: I'm giving you Erica (laughs) Kohut.
0: How do you spell Kohut?
1: K-O-H-U-T. Okay. I'm giving you Udo. Wow. Uh U-D-O. And I'm giving you Nomi Malone. (laughs) (laughs) Or how sometimes she likes to be called Nomi from places one of them is the director oh okay (laughs) i was like what foreign film is elizabeth berkeley now
0: okay so it's paul verhoeven okay it's the director because he directed elizabeth berkeley as nomi malone in showgirls and i'm just buying some time and i'm looking (laughs) in my head through the imdb of what paul verhoeven is because i don't know any other movies except for like RoboCop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the Spanish version of RoboCop. <laughs> um,
0: there's a movie. I know there's one. I remember from the documentary, You Don't Know Me. Turkish Delight.
1: Oh, no. It's No? Not. Okay. Good, good guess.
0: Good guess. <laughs> you have 20 um, seconds left. There's something about a man. The fourth man? Is that what it's called?
1: No. No? Ten okay.
0: Seconds. Uh... I don't know any of the other movies. I don't think you're making me watch Basic Instinct, so... <laughs> How could you imagine? <laughs> or Total Recall.
1: That's one minute. Okay. Okay, so you are correct. Yeah. Naomi Malone is...
0: Uh... Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth Berkeley and, and Showgirls. Verhoeven directed. Yes,
1: with Paul Verhoeven <laughs> directed. <laughs> Erica Kahoot is Isabelle Uper.
0: Oh, I love Isabelle Uper. From, Isabel
1: <laughs> from uh, The Piano Teacher. Okay. And the one I wasn't sure you'd get is... Christian Burkel, and he's in The Man from Uncle. Who is he I... in The
0: Man from Uncle? You know <laughs> his, I love The Man from Uncle. His name is Udo. <gasps> oh, that but makes are... me so... But I'm not going to get that movie.
1: <laughs> we are watching the 2016 drama Elle.
0: <gasps> you know what I was going to... Okay. When what? you said Isabelle Huppert, I was like, why didn't you say L? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why. Have you seen L?
0: I haven't seen Elle. I've okay. always wanted to watch Elle, though, so okay, I'm very good. excited about this. Yeah. I
1: have one major ask from you.
0: Okay, don't look up anything?
1: Don't look up anything. No <laughs> okay. trailer, no IMDb, nothing. Just I know the it.
0: general idea of what it is.
1: When I watched Elle, I knew the general idea. And okay. I want you to watch it with the same kind of information. General idea. General idea of what it's about.
0: Okay, I'm excited. It is
1: available on Amazon Prime.
0: Wow. It is two
1: hours and ten minutes.
0: I can deal. I made you watch this documentary, which is quite long, so.
1: It is in French.
0: I can do it. Yeah. I know French.
1: Yeah, but you're going to watch it with subtitles.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't you, after Looper, I'm an expert in French. J tu as,
1: Did you watch Jules at Gym with subtitles?
0: I, yes, I did. But Amelie, <laughs> Amelie, I initially rented Oh, right. I remember. That was all in French. And I yeah. tried for the first, like, 30 minutes and then I was like, nah, I should probably get this
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. probably do this properly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So next week we are watching Elle. I'm excited for you to see that because I think it'll be an interesting conversation.
0: How exciting.
1: But uh, until we do that next week, Mita, do you have parting words for us?
0: Yes, I do. One ruffle, two orange skittles. And get the root beer ready.
1: Cool. I'm, I'm really glad want we to went. try it. <laughs> I hate root yeah. beer though.
0: That's why I was going to do it with Coke Zero. It might <laughs> not taste
1: the same, though. I think you have to be authentic.
0: Okay. I'll write a letter to Damien Knuckles. Let him know you tried like, it. Yeah, I
1: will. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for L. For Elle. Have a lovely week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the number 2 Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com.
1: As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.